Hello, I am Ulysses Sapien, and welcome to Sapien Football. This is the first episode of the Nation Series. Enjoy the episode. The Football Association, or FA, the government body for football in England. Football, or soccer as the game is called in some parts of the world, has a long history. Different versions of the game existed much earlier in Mesoamerica, which is now Mexico, Belize, Nicaragua, Honduras, Guatemala, Costa Rica, and El Salvador. China and ancient Greece also had different versions of it. England, around the 12th century, started developing the game of football as we know it. A mix between football, rugby, and punching the ball with fists was the early stages of football in England, and it wasn't until 1848 that there was an attempt to create proper rules for the game in Cambridge, but a final solution to some questions of rules was not achieved. In 1863, in London, the first football association was created. It was decided that carrying the ball with the hands wasn't allowed. The meeting also resulted in a standardization of the size and weight of the ball. A couple decades after that, in 1885, professional football was legalized, and three years later, the Football League was established. Twelve clubs joined the league originally. So, thank you England for the beautiful game. Um, so let's go into their league structure. So England's football structure is as follows. We have the Premier League as the first division. Then we have the English Football League, which is divided into three divisions of 24 teams. The Championship, League One, and League Two, respectively. The fifth level being the National League, plus four more levels are all played at regional levels. The 20 clubs in the Premier League and 72 clubs in the English Football League are all full-time professional clubs. The bottom three teams are relegated from the PL, and the top two EFL teams get promoted, with the third place playing a playoff game. And as far as domestic cups, England has two major cups, the FA Cup, which is open to all nine divisions and over 700 teams enter each year. The League Cup, which is only played by the Premier League and English Football League teams. And as far as women, the, uh, the Women Premier League is divided into six leagues over two divisions, the FA Women's Premier League Northern Division and the FA Women's Premier League Southern Division. And they sit above four Division One leagues. And teams in these two divisions compete in the Premier League Cup. England has uh, men's and women's national. So they're nicknamed the, the Three Lions. Um, and England's national team is one of the oldest teams alongside Scotland. Uh, they have qualified for an incredible 15 out of 21 World Cups and have won one when they hosted the finals in 1966. England has the fifth team, uh, sorry, England was the fifth team to win a World Cup. And uh, England's kit is currently supplied by Nike on a 12-year contract for 400 million pounds, which is about 480 million dollars. And with me today, I have Garrett Gadet. How are you? Good, Daniel. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you for being here. Garrett, I have a couple questions for you. Do you believe that the Premier League is currently the best league in the world? Yes. I think it's the most consistent league with producing the most competition as far as being competitive. Of course, there's going to be a top five every year that kind of runs away with it, but from top to bottom, it's pretty even. Until you get to the relegation zone, then of course you start to see teams drop off. But other than La Liga, I don't think there's another uh, division or competition that's as strong as Premier League. So years ago, I would have said no, but I think even in La Liga, you see the separation between Barcelona, Real Madrid, and 
Atletico. So, yeah, I would say they produce the highest Champions League and also uh, um, Europa League as well, producing both. I also consider La Liga to be the second best league in the world. They do have the best teams in the world. They might have the best teams, but that doesn't always translate to the most competitive teams because if you're just playing against teams that are inferior or against you, then uh, it doesn't always mean you're going to practice against the best teams or battle against teams that give you a challenge. So I think that's where Premier League does a good job because you'll see a team like the Wolves or uh, Leicester City kind of challenge these top flight teams of, uh, for the top five. Right. And uh, Garrett, you're also a, you like hockey. Um, yes. What do you think about the rules in soccer now, the current rules? Uh, I think they haven't, they've stayed pretty consistent for the most part. I think VAR is going to continue to be better. And I think once FAs and um, leagues try and figure out methods that work and methods that produce a, a league and game of play that's ruled fairly and efficiently using VAR, then I think you'll start to see better consistency worldwide with the allocation of VAR. But, uh, I think in general it's pretty good. I, I I can't see it changing that much. I think the offside in soccer football is much better than hockey, where it's kind of a floating offside or floating line versus just a static blue line. Um, it it can make for a lot more neutral zone play as well compared to hockey, where it's just mostly offensive. And I don't like penalties. <laughs> I don't. I I I think penalties are so in hockey and soccer. I just think it ruins the pace of play. I understand with soccer that the game can't go on for like two hours. I get that. Correct. I do. But I I just don't like it when a game's decided on penalties. Absolutely. It just loses momentum. I don't think it becomes a team sport. Then you're just relying on strikers and luck in a lot of cases. Right. Unless you hit a hot goalie, but. I don't, I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan, and it does create some climatic action if there's been <laughs> nothing. Because if it's a 0-0 game, you go into extra time, nothing happens. And yeah, obviously you need a resolution, but not by choice. I like continuous extra time or overtime more. So if you could, would you take out the penalties, or what would you put instead? I think it's necessary in some cases, and I don't think there's a better resolution to ending a game if extra time doesn't solve anything. I think you just got to stick with it. I think it's pretty traditional to have penalties in yeah. any case, whether it's a penalty kick from a penalty in the box or a handball or any sort of foul committed. Um, I think you got to keep it just to be traditional, but maybe keep extra time a little longer maybe we'll have a result that kind of pleases fans versus um, infuriating fans like myself when it goes to penalties because not a fan obviously if you haven't so Garrett can England win the World Cup in 2022 no I'm not convinced I just don't see it so then next World Cup what does a nation need I mean the Premier League is already like you said, the best league in the world. So how come the best league in the world cannot win a World Cup? It's the development of English players. I think they would have been very close with the Euros a couple of years ago. Um, 
World Cup, you know, I, there's just so many other nations that are coming on a lot stronger. Um, I'm not saying they can't do it, I'm just saying they're not favorites. And I wouldn't expect them to win. Like, they might finish top eight. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. But I think you see so many nations develop so much more high-caliber players and consistency development at a nation level. Right. Because, I mean, I, mean I, I don't want to throw Ajax in here, but you've seen Ajax is one of the best clubs in Europe for developing quality. You've seen that they're not the best club in Europe. No. But they produce some of the top quality players from their academy system. Correct. So I think that's a perfect analogy and parallel to... Well, um, I definitely think England can win a World Cup. They definitely have the players. I mean, if we just look at, at the Premier League, it's just stacked with English players. So we have Harry Kane. He's probably one of the best strikers in the world. Uh, I do want to say he's been injury prone as of late. Yeah, well, yeah, season. absolutely, yeah. Because the Spurs would be much further off if he was healthy regularly. Right. But, I mean, even their midfields, they're they're just incredible. They have Jordan Henderson playing for Liverpool. He's probably one. He's probably been one of the key players for Liverpool this year, and they're looking to win it all this season. And they will. Yeah. <laughs> so, what does England need? What what? So they have the players. They have the league. They have the infrastructure. What's the next step? I think it's it's culture. I think it's. Um, putting into the mindset of the national team or the rest of the world that they're for real. I don't think England's been taken seriously for a long time now that they're a World Cup contender or a team that can actually do it or a nation that can actually be this team that really is forceful in these major tournaments because as we've seen in recent history that they don't make it very far but they have in more the last Euros was probably their best run. Yeah. Last 10, 20 years. Right. Well, they, they even had a good run last World Cup. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, they're only going to get better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they... That, I think other nations are going to get better. Too. They did make it to the semifinals, right? So... All right, well, England's traditional home, home colors are white shirts, navy blue shorts, and white or black socks, and their home stadium is the Wembley Stadium. England has never won the Euros. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's definitely crazy. They should have won at least three Euros by now. I mean, Portugal won the Euros. England hasn't. Portugal also had a world-class striker. Well, how many world-class players have gone through England? Now, going to the women's national team, they also have never won a World Cup. Uh, and now let's talk about a little bit of the top players, the Premier League of all time. Just uh, um, from the top of your head, what's your favorite player? Um, my favorite EPL player, Gaku Henry. Yeah, I just liked um, his style of play. He was really exciting to watch. He was. He, was he really was. Fast. Uh, not English, um, but kind of made me like Arsenal when he was still with the club. But right. Yeah, he's he's the one person who comes to mind as who my favorite Premier League player. Right. For me, I think it's um, it's got to be 
Frank Lamp- Lampard. Yeah. Yeah. Really like how he would take care of the midfield for Chelsea. Uh, as far as the top players in terms of the top five goal scorers, I have uh, number and first place, sorry, uh, it's Alan Scherrier with 260 goals. Can you guess number two? Give me a team. Manchester United. Oh, no. <laughs> on British football. Uh, uh, I, I want to say either... He was in the MLS last oh. season. Oh, Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney, correct. Uh, He's at 208 goals. He's going to stay there. And he will stay there, yes. Um, we have Andrew Cole as well with 187. Sergio Aguero with 177. Um, great forward currently playing for Man City and we have Frank Lampard with 177 goals as well he's playing um he is a coach for Chelsea now yeah (laughs) all right for the top five assists who do you think is first place Ryan Giggs yeah definitely would have guessed that 162 uh Fabregas has 111, Wayne Rooney has 103, Lampard 102, and Burkham 94. Uh, in terms of the top five clean sheets, who do you have for number one? Petr Correct. Yeah. With 161, Joe Hart with 127. Um, by the way, what happened to Joe Hart? He was an incredible goalie. I'm pretty sure he's, he's in Italy right now. Not sure. Uh, we have... Tim Howard with 116, and Pepe Reina with 114. So who is the best club of in the Premier time? League? Or just right now? Premier League era. I don't know. I think there's been four or five teams that have been consistently above average. Right. So everyone goes through their times period of excellence. Right. Like Liverpool is right now. And I think you'll see Liverpool continue to be excellent for a few years, as long as they can control their transfers and uh, their current roster. But Manchester United? Correct. Yeah, Yeah. it's got to be. It's got to be. Manchester United is a club with more wins, with 657 and more goals, with 2,025, as well as more Premier League titles, with 13. Any guess who's the worst team of the Premier League era? Newcastle? No. It would be Everton. I was going to say Everton. (laughs) Well, they have the most losses with 375 and also goals conceded with 1,343. Best coach is Alex Ferguson with 13 Premier League titles, 11 Best Manager of the Year awards, and 27 Managers of the Month. Most wins with 410 and most Premier League points with 1,752. Arzen Wenger has... 828 Premier League matches more than any other manager. All right, so now let's talk about the present of the Premier League. What do you think are, is the biggest rivalry? That's tough to say. Um, I think you got to say Manchester, like United versus City. Chelsea and Arsenal's never also there too, but it's at a time where both there's either one club who's doing all right and one that's kind of falling down the table. 
How about Liverpool versus Manchester United? If Man U was better, <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. But I think a rivalry needs to happen where both teams are currently good. Of the same caliber, yeah. Okay. Because I don't think it makes it a rivalry if one team's excellent and winning Champions League. Right, but what about the, the fans? I mean, oh, Manchester United has probably the most followers, and Liverpool is probably close second. So, yeah. well, it's the history of Man U too, right? Yeah, so you got to factor that in. And the history of Liverpool. Liverpool hasn't had a great history. Yeah, but Manchester United's been spectacular. Yeah, throughout the franchise. Yeah, uh, and now talking about notable stadiums, uh, what would be the first stadium you would go? If you're in England, uh, I want to check out the new Tottenham Stadium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just looks so high tech, so next gen. Yeah. Football stadium. Uh, that that'd probably be one of them. Yeah. I don't know if I want to see Tottenham play, play but <laughs> visit the stadium. Maybe yeah. in Liverpool, the town, or yeah. I was able to visit um, Old Trafford. It was an amazing experience. Um, it's definitely not new, no. uh, so yeah, definitely would want to go visit the Wembley Stadium. So in terms of capacity, the Wembley Stadium has a 90,000 capacity. Old Trafford's at 75,000. Etihad is at 55. Anfield is at 54,000. The new Tottenham Stadium is at 62, and the Emirates is at 60,000. So where is England now? <laughs> well, I'm talking more about do you think they're going to be able to win the Champions uh, an English team? Do you think they'll be able to win a Champions League this this season? Yes. Who do you got? Liverpool. Okay. I think they'll repeat. You think so? Yeah. I think out of the the English club, yeah, for sure. I think they've got the best chance. Um I think they've got a confident side. I think they have a side who recently won one. So I think that really factors into, well, if you look at like Real, who won, what, three consecutive ones, maybe four, and the incredible decade. Four and five years. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I think there's something to be said if you can keep the core nucleus there, that the sustainable future of Liverpool in this case will be, um, have better odds to win. Um, Yeah, they're, they're just so strong. Yeah. Like they've dominated the English Premier League. Yeah. Like, there's no other team who's had that kind of domination. Right. It's almost historic. Yeah, for it's sure. Yeah, they have over 20 points lead for, from second place, which is crazy. Right. Yeah. But here's the thing. I don't believe Liverpool will win the Champions League this season. Yeah. yeah. Um, just because they won it last season, and they are so close from winning the Premier League title after I don't know how many years, but it's been a while, more than a decade. So I think Liverpool's is going to focus more on the Premier League. Uh, they already lost um, in the Champions League against Napoli, and as we know, Napoli hasn't had a great season. Um, they fired their coach. And, yeah, I just don't see Liverpool repeating. To be honest, I don't see any other team repeating but Real Madrid. It's a hard feat, but I don't think Real will do it soon. No, no, it will not happen soon, but 
if there's one team that can do it, it's it's Real Madrid. Yeah, right. Yeah. So as far as the now the Premier League, where do you think the Premier League is going in term in terms of their contracts, in terms of their sponsors, advertising, everything that has to do with branding? Where do you think they're going? It's pretty unrivaled when it comes to sponsorship. If we talk about the top European leagues, and I think it's just such an economic powerhouse, EPL is, for the country, for entire football in Europe in general. Um, you'll continue to see a huge payouts for jerseys and front of jersey sponsorships and stadiums and even ownership of clubs, like, as, as you've seen that kind of invasion of the Middle East ownerships within the last 15, 20 years, which, right. which has turned around a lot of teams if you look at Man City. Right. It's probably one of the most recovered teams as far as the most improved. It, there's just going to be more money, but I think the money is going to be distributed throughout Europe because I think there's more options just instead of the Premier League. I mm. think it's the best league in Europe, but I don't think that also translates to the best playing experience for a top flight player. Right. Because you got a lot of options now. You look at all the transfers that have gone to Italy as far as Ronaldo, De Ligt, and many others have chose Italy over, let's say, La Liga or going back to EPL. So it, it depends on who's playing in the Premier League. It depends who they can attract and import. Because I think the Premier League itself depends on imports. You're not just going to sustain a league on English players because it, it, it just won't work. Right. Right. And uh, what do you think about the top five this season for the Premier League? 2019-2020 season, who do you have for your top five? Throughout the season, like for this season, I think Liverpool's going to stay ahead. I think think Leicester could move into second. I wouldn't, that would surprise me. They've struck, I guess, gold or magic once in the last few seasons. (laughs) Yeah. And they, they actually have been second place, um, I think, for a good part of the season. Yeah, so they could stay up there. And, um, I, I still think they're seen as an underdog, no matter... Because they, they don't have the payroll that like Liverpool or Man City does right. by any means. Or even if we go to Man U or Chelsea, like the big clubs who typically spend a lot on players. Um, I don't know if you'll see Sheffield stay at the top five. They've had a remarkable turnaround season. Yeah. I think it's shocking. It's incredible. To see them be in the top five, but I think to see Sheffield and Leicester be in the top five, I think that's good for the league. Yes. Because I think that's something the EPL's not struggled with, but that's something where I've always seen, okay, the same five. The same five, yeah. Yeah. It's either a mixture of Liverpool, Man U, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Man City. Man City. Yeah. Yeah, well, this season I don't I actually don't think Manchester United will be part of the top 5. I do believe Wolves will be part of the top 5. And uh, what do you think about Arsenal now? 10th place? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think 42 they, points away from the first place. Yeah, they they have an identity crisis, I think. Yeah. Cuz they've always been seen as this top caliber team, like a top 5 team. Yeah. But then when you get bumped down like that, you got to find your way back. Right. But as a London team, you kind of have higher expectations for them. For because sure. Because 
even a team like Everton or Sheffield, you wouldn't expect them to be there. But no. Since they're there already, great. Yeah, and they have an incredible fan base, too. Oh, of course. Yeah. The uh, are so supported heavily. Right. In, in and around the UK. And um, so, since we already know about your fascination for Ajax, where do you think they would place if they were in the Premier League? That's a great question. Ooh, that's a really good question. I'm going to say top 10, for sure. Where in the top 10? They don't have near the payroll as an EPL team. Let's right. just get that on record. They don't. No. Um, they sell players for millions, whether we talk about Frankie de Jong or um, Matthias the Ligt. Uh, but I think, I think they would challenge for top five. Oh, wow. I, I That's think, a statement. Hold on. I think last year's team, top five, 100%. Well, yeah. Because last year's team was something special, and I don't think you'll see that for at least a decade again. Right. That was a really special club, and they lost so many excellent role players right. and depth. Yeah, it was, it was definitely special, player. but I don't think it was anything new. I mean, Ajax is well known for that, right? Like, every once in a while, they just have an incredible team. Because yeah. it's their development. And I yeah. think that's what makes the club very special as far as developing world-class players. If we talk about Ibrahimovic or Suarez or even this next generation of talent with Delict, De Jong, yeah. who are going to be world-class players in their own right, even if they're in their early 20s teenagers. Right. So, yeah, it's going to be continue to be that way, but they're not going to be this perennial favorite in the Champions League as you've seen them last year. It's just, I don't see it happening. I think that was the opportunity and the late loss of time really crushed it. Yeah. Because I, I really do think you won't see that for four or five years yeah. just because of the development and the transfer market. Because the transfer market became more aggressive with younger players. Right. I've seen record-shattering contracts that are just crazy amounts of money for talent that have only been playing for a couple of years. And in a lot of cases, they've only had one or two seasons. So it's a really small sample size to commit hundreds of millions of to a certain player. Um, so top five last year, not relegated this year in EPL. Okay. All right. Well, let's finish with that. Uh, Garrett, thank you so much for being with me this podcast, and I hope everybody enjoyed it. Thanks for having me.